4: Listen to Uncanny
0: USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
4: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, the final day of September, Wednesday, September 30th. And I kind of like the baseball during the day on Tuesday. And if you like that, oh my gosh, today's ridiculous. Baseball wall-to-wall starting at noon Eastern. Eight games, and then at night, we get NBA Finals Game 1. Very excited. We'll do a lot of NBA Finals a bit later in the show. We'll close out with a best bet. I wanted to quickly just say a quick word. I hope you guys enjoyed the Tuesday interview with Edward Egross on baseball and gambling. Um, really smart stuff. So I, you know, I'm sitting at home Tuesday watching the baseball games, and it was weird that with no audience, no fans in the stands, and you could hear every every time a bat made contact with the ball, you could clearly hear it. And what surprised me was the lack of excitement during the daytime games. I'm talking about the announcers just. They didn't seem geeked and into it. And I'm sitting here like, this is postseason baseball. Well, I mean, the White Sox now have three home runs. And it was a pedestrian call as if it were a regular home run in July. You know, game 97 of 162 or whatever. I was just, I was caught off guard. And I mentioned this on social media. And a couple of people were like, you know, not all the announcers are in the stadiums due to COVID. And I was kind of stunned. I'm like, Okay, so wait, you're calling the game from your house and you're not geeked and excited? I, I was just, I don't know. I don't know if that caught anybody else off guard. Maybe I was excited for the beginning of the baseball postseason. But um, for whatever reason, I, I was just caught off guard that, jeez, these announcers are, you know, just not giving it the postseason treatment. I mean, this is playoff baseball. It's October. Come on. We're October. The men of October. This is exciting, and and the announcers weren't that into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too high energy of a guy. But uh, the Yankees won big. The damn Astros came back. I was not happy to see that. Um, Should be a fun Wednesday in baseball. Listen, um, it would be remiss if I did not at least touch on the shit show that went on Tuesday night. That was the presidential debate. I know this is a sports podcast, and I, we, listen, we did this during the NBA playoffs when they had to um, postpone a day, maybe two days of games because of the police shooting um, in Wisconsin. And I said to you guys, I don't like diving into this stuff, but I'm going to pin this one on my wife because she made us watch it. She wanted to record it and we watch it later, but we sat down to dinner and we're watching it. And it just didn't go well. I, I, I cannot, my, my first thought was, my gosh. We've got at least a country of 100 million people eligible to run for president. And this is what we've got. This, this is it. And uh, it felt like an SNL skit, guys. I, honestly. I mean, it's two old white guys shouting at each other for 90 minutes. I know Rob G. loves the movie... Last Vegas. Rob G., that's, is that your favorite movie? Is it fair to say that that's your number one movie of all time?
3: Oh, it's not even a question. It's my favorite movie, yes.
5: Did you get that vibe during the debate? Just a scene out of, maybe like footage that ended up getting cut from Las Vegas. And that's what it was.
3: Um, I would not say that. I think what you said about Las Vegas right there is kind of slanderous for you to insinuate that, that uh, debate was anything close to that movie. But it was bad. I mean, yes. w- no matter which side of the, y- the aisle you're on, whoever you're voting for, I don't care. I'm sure you don't really care either. But if you watched that debate and felt, you know what? We're in good hands. Yeah. You are lying to yourself so hard right now. I mean, it was a shit show. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah. I even after the debate, I turned on CNN. I turned on Fox News. And normally in those debates, whatever side they're on, they're like, hey, Biden clearly won this. Trump clearly won this. To a man almost, they were just like, yeah, that was not good. There was no winners. I don't,
5: there's no case to have another debate. It doesn't make sense unless you can have the moderator essentially turn off someone's mic when it's not their turn. Uh, it's just, it, it, there's, it, it accomplished nothing. It was frustrating. And, you know, uh, my kids are there watching it. And, you know, I think they know what time it is. I got a text, folks. <laughs> I got a text today. Uh, You know, we let the kids go hang out with their friends and bike and all this stuff. And I get a text from a dad. Hey, Jason, you're going to love this. Bryce was telling everybody, hey, guys, you got to go home and watch the debate. Seriously, it starts soon. And a dad was texting me this. And I was like, you know, on some level, I'm kind of proud of my kid for mentioning that. He's only in fourth grade. Um, And at the same time, you know, he tells me. That, you know, other kids are like, oh, Sleepy Joe Biden. He's asking my son's that. What does Sleepy Joe mean? I'm like, oh, jeez. So, I don't, listen. All I can say is, um, you know, my wife was heavy into politics in high school and college. She was, like, into it. Yeah, that was her jam. And it's, we try to talk about it now, and it's just, it's 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 a non-starter. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, somebody told me that there's now the the second debate, assuming it happens, happens at the same night as Monday Night Football. So thank goodness. Uh, maybe we'll get the Jets on. No, we will not have the Jets. I think it's Pat Mahomes against Josh Allen. Chiefs Bills could be for the number one seed in the AFC, but uh, I'm hopeful. Let's just pivot to football real quick. We will get to the NBA Finals preview shortly. Um, so I did this last week, and I, I got some pretty good response. A couple games that I'm really looking at gambling on midweek and I think the line's probably going to go in my way. Hopefully it's actionable for you guys. The first game that really jumps out at me is Arizona is going to Carolina. And I can't believe the line was four. Arizona favored by four. And then somebody's betting on Carolina. I guess there's a professional group out there who really saw something in the Panthers that they liked. Um, And I know there's also going to be some people out there saying, Jay, Jay, why are we talking about Arizona-Carolina? Who cares about Kyler Murray Teddy Bridgewater? And I'm reminded of a great Warren Buffett quote. You have no edge if you try to evaluate every horse. You only have an edge if you pick your spots. You have to find games where you can find an advantage. And, uh, you know, listen, Patriots Chiefs is a great game. I don't know the line seven. I don't think there's, I don't think I have a play there, at least at first blush. Everybody's going to want to take the Chiefs because of what happened on Monday Night Football. I would actually lean slightly to the Patriots, but. we talked about it uh, yesterday. I don't want to gamble and get in front of Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Uh, These are risky bets. Um, But I do want to get in front of Teddy Bridgewater. And I think a lot of people, maybe the people who are betting, are saying, hey, you know what? The Chargers played the Chiefs really tough. And the Chargers only lost by three. And then Carolina went to the Chargers and won. Uh, Carolina's on the uptick. But they didn't watch the game. I actually... Um, had Carolina getting six and a half. Uh, really liked that play. And they were not the better team. <laughs> I mean, the Chargers turned the ball over four times. If you watch closely, the Panthers' longest scoring drive was 62 yards. They had short fields of 40 yards or less on three of their six scoring drives. That's because of the turnovers. Justin Herbert, his second career start. And, you know, there was an article on SI that last week that talked about Matt Rule Of the Panthers. He's the coach that came from Baylor. And Matt Rule and the Panthers were looking to draft Justin Herbert. So they scouted him intensely. They had months this summer to look at Justin Herbert. Do we want to draft him? That's what they did. They looked and broke down Justin Herbert well. And guess what they did? They broke him down on the field. Um, it It was a pretty good defensive performance. But I'll say this. Chargers still moved the ball pretty well. 10 for 15 on third down. I mean, the Panthers can't get off the field on third down. One of the most important things that I like to look at in a handicap is, can you extend the drives on third down, or can you get off the field on third down? Carolina is second worst in the league getting off the field on third down, giving up the first 56% of the time. Only the New York Giants, who are total trash, are worse. And I know the other aspect of this is, well, Kyler Murray, he had three interceptions against Detroit. Detroit was winless. Detroit stinks. He didn't have a great game, but specific to that matchup, Detroit likes to do what Belichick does in New England. Of course, Matt Patricia's a Belichick guy. He only rushes for man, tight man defense, and you just keep everything in front of you. You do not give up the big play. I think that threw Kyler Murray off. Uh, Jeff Okuda had a great interception. Kyler Murray also didn't run as much as you'd expect. Five carries, 29 yards. Um, if you look at the Panthers' game plan, they went after Justin Herbert heavily. They were able to pressure him. The, the uh, said, uh La Chargers' offensive line stinks, um, and you know this is a 28th-rated Panthers defense on the against the run. The Arizona Cardinals have a top 10 running game. I, I think to me, everything points to Arizona, and I'll leave you with this. So Teddy Bridgewater of Carolina has faced two below-average defenses in the Raiders—sorry, Rob G—and the Chargers. Now, the Chargers did not have Melvin Ingram. They lost Chris Harris, their second-best cornerback during the game. And he faced one good defense, Tampa Bay, which is a little bit better, according to the metrics, than Arizona. Against Tampa, Teddy B., four turnovers. They were down 21 nothing before he padded his stats in the second half. And this is why—oh, well, Jason, it's four turnovers. It's Tampa. They're good. Okay, but— Bridgewater saw this defense last year when he was with New Orleans. Same unit. Todd Bowles unit. Bridgewater had four touchdown passes and they rolled. Okay? They don't have the personnel in Carolina to protect Bridgewater, A, and B, to move the football down the field, especially without Christian McCaffrey. I got Mike Davis in fantasy. I'm just telling you guys, for me, everything points to Arizona. The other game I want to point out, listen, this is risky. But I just have to say this, and I know I just said you don't want to get in front of certain quarterbacks. Miami, Seattle. If you look closely at the line, the game is in Miami, the professional gamblers will not let this hit seven. As soon as the line hits seven, it goes six and a half, seven, boom. They get hit, and they have to move the line back down to six and a half. Two things to watch. Well, actually three. Number one, I'm going to say keep an eye on the weather. We know this Miami heat. Usually September it's an issue. It's been abnormally warm down in Miami, uh, Miami Gardens, to be specific, if you're looking on weather.com, which I do, um, it looks like it's going to be in the high 80s. If it gets in the 90s, that's where it gets real interesting because we know Miami obviously trains down there during the week. They're used to the heat. Opponents, remember, Seattle played their opener indoors in Atlanta. Then they went home to cozy Seattle for a couple games. Second big thing is just Jamal Adams' injury. He left the game, groin injury. Unknown as of yet if he's going to play. And again, you're taking... Second best, if he's behind Bobby, uh, the linebacker Bobby Wagner, he's either the best or second best defender on that team. And he's only played two games, so I don't know. Three games, I don't know if he can be their best defender. Talent wise, yes. You take Jamal Adams off a Seattle defense that has given up 1,300 yards in three games, and that's only against Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott. I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could shed, could just shred these guys. Honestly, I think Fitzmagic can come in the back door like he did against Buffalo two weeks ago. Now, I had Miami in that one. They like to hang around. Listen, I don't think Miami's the side to win here. But this is why I love gambling. If it's 33-20, Seattle with five minutes left, oh, Seattle's got the game. It's over. They've won. We understand that. All Fitzmagic has to do is come down against the pre-vet defense and score. And listen, this is a Seattle defense that gives up points by the bushels. Listen, if I could get a seven, I might have to take Miami and break one of my cardinal rules. The other two games, uh, well, the other big NFL story on Tuesday was Pittsburgh, Tennessee was pulled off the board because of COVID tests uh, on the Tennessee Titans. Three players, uh, not key players at all. I believe there was uh, the long snapper and a couple other you know guys um, tested positive. Now, we'll see what happens to the rest of the team, but they're unable to practice. I already love Pittsburgh before. Uh, I think we may have touched on that on Monday's podcast, um, but I Pittsburgh was my favorite bet of the week uh, before this COVID stuff. So hopefully that game happens. So there's just a, a little insight into um, what I'm looking at for the weekend. Listen, guys, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm spending a lot of the day just combing through numbers and seeing if, if you listen to the Edward Egros podcast yesterday, um, It's all numbers driven. And if you can find that edge, you have a big advantage. And um, I I love the NFL, so that's that's where I spend a lot of my time, unfortunately. Um, It's not a a sexy life, not that exciting, but you know what is exciting.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage,
4: The NBA Finals, they tip off tonight from the bubble.
5: I believe it's at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 Eastern. And, um, you know, Rob G., I was trying to make a case to someone for the Miami Heat to win the series. Lakers are big favorites. And I I don't think you're going to want to hear this, Rob G., unabashed Laker fan. Uh, I'm a Laker fan, too. Kids like the Lakers. I like the Lakers. What's not to like? Come on. Who doesn't root for LeBron James? This is where it gets really interesting, Rob. Okay? Think about the last time LeBron was favored when he was a first-time NBA Finals person in that jersey. And I think back to the Miami Heat against the Dallas Mavericks. LeBron was favored. There was pressure. The Super Team Heat. The Heatles, And they won Game 1. And they were winning in Game 2 and then collapsed. And... And Rob G., you know we've tried to get to the bottom of this. Um, I've asked Eddie House. I've asked Karan Butler. Anybody, I I think Jason Terry I might have asked on a a TV set. What on earth happened in that series to LeBron? Because, folks, that series, Miami-Dallas, is the biggest blemish on LeBron's record. And he averaged 17.8 points per game. He had an 8-point game, which is very uncharacteristic. And the biggest shock was... J.J. Barea, all of 5'10", was able to slow down LeBron at times. Even when LeBron would post up. And it's this big, mysterious series. And a lot of people would just say, listen, the pressure got to them. It was the first time he was in the finals uh, with a team that could compete. Obviously, the first time with Cleveland, they, they had no chance. And there was a lot of pressure. And I just wonder, Rob G., Lakers, bubble, isolated from your family now for Jeez, it must be like eight, ten weeks. Um, you're, you're on the Lakers. The weight of chasing Michael Jordan's ghost, you know it's there. Being 35 years old, hearing, man, LeBron's shooting 60% in the first half, but, oh, geez, he's only shooting 40% in the second half. And one of the most stunning stats I found, I was looking at clutch time points. Final five minutes of a game that's close. Uh, You can look it up on Um, NBA.com. I don't even know if you'll believe me when I say this. Clutch time points. Okay? Jimmy Butler is tied for the most with Jamal Murray with 39 points. Obviously, Jamal Murray, a lot of close games. Jimmy Butler as well. LeBron has four points in the clutch in 17 minutes in the NBA playoffs. That's it. Anthony Davis, also 17 minutes, has 18 points. And I'm not saying this to get anybody panicking. I'm not, being, I'm not bashing LeBron. I'm stating facts. LeBron has four points in clutch time minutes in the NBA playoffs. Rob G.,
2: I'm not
5: saying the Lakers are going to lose, but I can see a case where the pressure, the enormity of being with the Lakers you want to throw in the Kobe Bryant stuff. We're winning it for Kobe Bryant. You throw in the bubble. I mean, it's, there's a lot of pressure on LeBron James. There's no pressure on the Miami Heat. They're playing with house money.
3: Yeah, I, I could agree with that a, to an extent. And LeBron actually said that on Tuesday. He came out on his uh, media day for the before Game 1. And he admitted that this is the toughest run he's ever been on professionally. You know, not saying he didn't have a tough upbringing or other things going on outside of basketball, but in, in terms of a professional athlete, he admitted that he did not fully comprehend coming into the bubble what he was getting himself into. It, it, uh, today would be the 82nd day that they've been in the bubble away from their families up and through, uh, I think it was end of August is when they finally got family in. So you had six weeks, just you and your teammates, and then six weeks, we have up to four family members.
5: I, I do believe Rob G. LeBron told his family not to come.
3: Right, he told his kids not to come. He said kids. He said there was home. nothing for them to do. And I, I, I guess based on what you'd see on social media, I think yeah, that kind of is true because uh, his kids can swim in a pool at home. You know, they, 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 it's not like a, you know they have to go to a hotel to <laughs> do that. But yeah. even though I would disagree with you about LeBron feeling the pressure about the season itself and everything coming into it, I definitely understand what you're trying to get at. I mean, uh, to say that. LeBron has had, and the Lakers as a whole, has had an easy 2019-2020 season would be blasphemous. I mean, not only were they a brand new team all thrown together, I think there's seven or eight brand new players, a whole new coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis comes in, you trade away your entire future for him. So ulti- it's pretty much immediately this year and next year is what you're kind of pinning your hopes on because you know how much longer LeBron can be good. They get off to this great start, everything's looking good, they're playing well, and then uh, Kobe dies. So there's one. There's another thing. They get people in LA questioning if LeBron is uh, a real Laker and if he really felt what he, he claimed to feel about Kobe considering we didn't see him during the uh, memorial service on TV. Now, there were some people in Clutch Sports saying he didn't want to be on TV and he was there, but, you know, we don't know because we didn't see him. You had that situation. Then you had uh, the, the COVID shutdown. And and then you had the uh, the protest in the bubble and everyone's looking at LeBron. Well, LeBron's the face of the league, so whatever he does, we're all going to do. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think all of those things kind of add up and he and luckily for him, he has big broad shoulders. He can carry a lot of weight on him. But in terms of athletes that we have nowadays, I don't think there's anybody more equipped than LeBron to to compartmentalize his thoughts and just focus on the task at hand.
5: I I hope you're right. Um A couple other numbers, though, Rob G. And again, I have picked the Lakers to win. Uh, uh, I think I will probably bet some money on the Heat to win in six. Just, you know, pizza money. Um, A couple other things. So the Lakers have faced 30 possessions of zone in the playoffs, right? The Miami Heat have played 177 possessions of zone. And it was all against the Celtics in the conference finals. They played no zone in the first two rounds, the most in the playoffs. Listen, if they try that zone, Rob G to, you know, contain AD and keep LeBron out of the lane and slow the game down. So the Lakers can't get that transition game going. I, I, you're talking about, can KCP hit threes? Can Kuzma hit threes? Um, how is 30 what Rondo's like 33 34 how is 33 or 34 year old rondo going to chase around tyler hero on the perimeter like i there are some things that scare me I, again lakers 12 and 0 when leading by double digits in the playoffs 0 and 3 when trailing by double digits they're great front runners the one double digits game they almost won was coming from behind against denver down 20 um 0-3 oh, when trailing by double digits. The Heat, meanwhile, five and two in the playoffs when trailing by double digits. Most wins when down double digits in the playoffs. They have they can come back because of the three-point shooting. If the Lakers are down big, they might be toast. If the Heat are up, down, it doesn't matter. They're always going to be in the game because of the three-point shooting. Um, I don't know. The more I started to think about it, Rob, I think we might actually see like, big minutes from Dwight Howard. And the Lakers try to get the Miami Heat to play big so Bam isn't the center. And they have to bring in, like, Kelly Olenek or uh, Myers Leonard. Um, Because I don't know. If if the Lakers go with heavy Dwight and AD minutes and you want Bam on Anthony Davis, Dwight's going to kill you on the offensive glass. That's what he was doing against the Denver Nuggets. I mean... He was destroying on the offensive glass. Like I don't. Can you put Jake Crowder and Jimmy Butler on, on Dwight Howard? Are they gonna be able to box him out and get the second chance points for the Lakers? So I, it, it's gonna be a fun chess match. I, I'll say this. My last point about the Heat before we get to the Lakers. Spolstra coached LeBron for four years. Has to know him as well as any coach in the league. He also has Andre Igudala at his disposal, a guy who won a Finals MVP for. Not I don't even know if you can call it containing for slowing down LeBron when the Warriors won the title in 2015. I mean Jimmy Butler's he's a beast. Jay Crowder's seen him plenty in the East. I mean Crowder usually got his butt kicked by LeBron. This isn't it's am I am I convincing you it's going to be worse than Lakers in five? It'll be a little tougher, Rob. Jimmy. No,
3: not at all. <laughs> and you have some good stats, but I have some good stats too. You know we both can play that game. So you brought up the fact that the Heat play a lot of zone in that uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and they did, and they did a, a good job at it. Everybody knows, or at least, excuse me, people who know basketball know, because I know not a lot of our listeners are that, you know, in tune to the X's and O's of, of hoop. The best way to attack a zone is not by shooting a bunch of threes over the top. The best way is to get to the middle of the of the zone and operate from mm-hmm. inside. Well, Anthony Davis is having a volume shooting stretch during this postseason that's almost on par with what Kevin Durant did in 2017 and Kawhi did last season in terms of true shooting percentage and volume that he's shooting at. His true shooting percentage through the postseason is 66.3%, which is pretty good, you know, but especially for a big man. But it's even more impressive when you consider that of his 261 shots, 145 have been jumpers. (laughs) So he, it actually... I mean, I have to look it up again, but heading into game five, his mid-range jump shot conversion percentage was higher than Kawhi Leonard's during this postseason. (laughs) And Kawhi is known as the mid-range monster. So that tells you what Anthony Davis is doing. That's number one. Number two, assuming they get inside that zone and Anthony Davis is operating from within there, eventually they collapse or they start trapping him, double teaming him, whatever they're going to do. Because you know that is going to pull out all the stops. He's a great coach. Here's another fun fact for you. I think we would agree that the uh, Miami Heat have better shooters on their roster than the Lakers. I think that that seems to be the consensus. No doubt. Unfortunately, KCP, Markeith Morris, Rajon Rondo all have better three-point shooting percentages this postseason than any member of the Miami Heat. Hmm. Now, a lot of that is because he shoots so many more threes, so it kind of balances off out. But to say that the Lakers don't have an answer to all these different things that they can throw out at them, and then you brought up Eric Spoelstra Again, he's a great coach. You brought up Andre Godalo, who's a, a wily vet at this point, but he does still have some of the fastest hands defensively in the NBA. There's, there's no secret how to guard LeBron James. There's no you know special notebook that someone has access to. We've seen his story for 20 years now. He's going to bully ball you his way to the basket. If you double-team, he's going to pass to the open man. If you go underneath screens, he's going to pull back and shoot a three. That's pretty much what – like there's no secret. Mm. He does what he does, then you just got to try to stop him. And up until this point, not just in this postseason, but in his career, outside of one series against the Dallas Mavericks all those years ago, no one has ever been able to stop him. So I don't understand – And I know that this is our job. We kind of have to to play it up for the media to make it seem like this is going to be some great series that, you know, it's closer than people think. I don't understand the mental gymnastics that some people are going through to make us believe that this is going to be a tough series.
5: I I get that. Let me let me counter with this. And this is a fun counterpunch. Okay. we uh, um, I, I did this for fun. I posted it on the Instagram stories. So Thursday Night Football you know they have the uh, people in the studio pick the game it was jags dolphins everybody picked the jags jags got crushed monday night football everybody in the studio picked the ravens to beat the chiefs the chiefs crushed the ravens this happens all the time the media makes picks for the game and it's usually wrong cuz they don't really you know they don't really know they they're covering the sport they don't really know the gambling aspect and all that fun stuff I haven't seen, Rob G., one person in the media pick the Miami Heat to win the finals. Not one. Have you seen one? O- outside of, like, you know, somebody from Miami. No. An impartial media member. I haven't seen one. No. And that scares me a little bit. Usually, listen, some people picked the Houston Rockets to upset the Lakers, okay? Obviously, it wasn't going to happen. Um, some people, I was one of them, picked uh, on this podcast the Heat to take down the Bucks. It happened. I, I haven't heard anybody pick Miami. And that, I mean, listen, maybe everybody's right. But usually the crowd's not. I mean, if you can find somebody who's picking the Miami Heat, I would love to see that person. Maybe they're just trying to be like a hot take artist, you know, Stephen A. Smith or something like that. But I think universally, everybody's expecting the Lakers to win this. Are you getting an and, 4
3: Pistons vibe from this team?
5: Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. I, the vibe I'm trying to figure out is what was that Dallas Mavericks vibe? Because, I don't know, is this team that different from those Mavs? Like, I guess Jimmy Butler's not as good as Dirk. But who was the second best player after Dirk? Like, Jason
3: Terry? Well, he... he this, I mean, think... Uh, real quick, this is one thing I think that people... Um, and it's no excuse for LeBron playing terrible in the final because he did. He played like ass and he knows it. He'll tell you himself. But I think we dismiss that Mavs team a little too quickly in the media, especially. And... and if you look back at who they beat on that run, they swept out Kobe. I think they beat Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook in 5 games.
5: Wait, 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 hold on. Was that the final series for Phil Jackson?
3: Yes. That was the oh, series. Oh, was that when Andrew Bynum yes, like went the, postal? The line. Line. Okay, okay, got it. And I remember watching he, They beat the Spurs and Tim Duncan and then they went and beat the, the Heat. So it's not like, you know, it was some fluke that they were just some flash in the pan that you're like, how the hell did they get here? No, like they had a run that was on par with anything yeah. that I've seen recently. It's, it's definitely well, a, I, I, a more a tougher road than the Lakers have had this year. Yeah. I'll tell you that Do right now. Do you remember
5: now. what happened the year afterward? They got swept in the first round by Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, and then Durant and Russ went to the finals. Um, no, but that's a good point. And, and it th- just made me think of another aspect. So let's go through the best eight players in the series, okay? Let's go number one, LeBron, right? Number two, Anthony Davis. We agree.
3: I have AD one, but yes.
5: Okay, well AD one, LeBron two. Give me three, four, five, six, seven. Is there a Laker, or are all the next four or five guys Miami Heat? Obviously, Butler and Bam.
3: Yeah, I would go Bam, Butler, Dragic. I'll tell you right now. Hero. I
5: don't know. Dragic. yep, okay.
3: And I probably go Hero. Listen. But then everything after that, I go Lakers. So I, I, it um, kind of balances out. And then again, here's another thing is just because that they're better overall players doesn't mean that they're not as good of a fit for their system. Like what what, what the Lakers asked Dwight Howard to do, he is awesome in, in that role. All you got to do is play defense, rebound, and dunk. You know, right. K- KCP, hit an open jump shot occasionally and play hard defense. You know, Alice Caruso, we don't even ask you to score. Just play defense and, and Car- be an I
5: just, I went to look at the three-point shooting when you mentioned it. Caruso,
3: 24% from deep in the post. Uh, look up Danny oh Green when you get a chance. That'll make you sad. He's I think he's 34. <laughs>
5: yeah, he's all right. He's 34%. Um I'm sorry, Danny Green
3: 36%.
5: But you cited I don't Rondo that and Morris
3: for some reason. You can no, show serious. it you can show in it to me postseason. and I still would not believe it. i be like, "You know what? Someone's messing <laughs> that up."
5: Rondo 44%, it's on 2.93s a game. Um, Morris 43 on 2.6. Like, yeah. I, I mean, KCP's been the guy who's been impressive. Um I just huh I, I, I don't. I got silly and I thought the Lakers would sweep Portland. I was wrong by one game. I thought they would sweep Denver. I was wrong by one game. And this is the one time I think that the Lakers are going to get pushback. May, maybe I'm just so wrong and I don't see it. And the Miami Heat are going to are going to get destroyed. No, you're going to be possible. you're going to be you, wrong
3: by one game again. You have Lakers in six. Going to be yeah. Lakers in five.
5: Come on. You you mentioned. Um, 04 vibes. Now, that was the Shaq, Kobe, behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Yeah,
3: Shaq, Kobe, uh, Karl Malone, and uh, Gary Payton, and that whole… Right.
5: So, that Pistons team, I guess you're right, is probably more similar to this Heat team than the Mavs with Dirk. Um, Yeah, it it would be so devastating if the Lakers lost this for LeBron. I don't even want to entertain it. I, I don't.
3: Um, I mean, don't all right, so don't Rob, entertain Jesus, it. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, it's that. not worth
5: uh, that. There's our NBA Finals preview, and um, coming up next, I will do a best bet, obviously, for Game One of the NBA Finals.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings.
1: Go to tirerack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash Colin. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
4: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All
5: right, we took the night off best bet on Tuesday. I was going to force a baseball bet, but I didn't want to because the record is so beautiful. 23-13-2, and really rolling. Um, I, I, I kind of want to do a double tonight. I, I'm feeling it on the NBA game. Um First up, Lakers first quarter minus one and a half. The Lakers are the best first quarter team in the bubble. It did not appear that way um, early on in the uh, regular season bubble. Uh, I guess they played eight games. They were really struggling out of the gate. And then in game one, they came out flat. And even in game two against Portland, they've righted that ship. And I think the the spotlight is going to be a little bit big on the heat. Again, Igudala is the only guy there with finals experience. I mean... Jimmy Butler's never been in the finals. You know, like all the pivotal players there. Well, I guess Udonis Haslam on the bench, but he's more of a cheerleader than um, anything at this point. So I'm going to go Lakers first quarter, minus one and a half. And I'm taking the Lakers, minus four and a half in game one. Uh, lines come down a bit, so I've got the better number. It was five. I saw five and a half. Um, I don't know why people are betting the heat in game one. Uh, I'm curious if Spolstro will kind of feel things out here. Yeah. Um, are we going to see some of that zone that we touched on earlier in the podcast? Some of those numbers are pretty crazy, but he didn't trot it out in the first two rounds. It's like he saved it for Boston. Does Spolster have something saved for LeBron? I would be stunned if we didn't see a similar defense to what they did against Giannis essentially ward off the foul line and refuse to let LeBron get in there. Now, if the Lakers transition game gets going, it's a wrap. Uh, the heat are going to be in big trouble. Um, So I'll go Lakers first quarter, minus one and a half. Lakers full game,
0: minus four and a half. Everybody enjoy the game tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
6: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
4: Zumo Play.